Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 239 is entitled, What is Real? Part 8, Ariel F., The Atonement, Assumptions 61 through 67. The assumptions deal with the five stages of man's eternal progression. Stage 1, our pre-mortal life. Stage 2, the creation, Garden of Eden, and the fall of man. Stage 3, our earth life. Stage 4, our life after death in the spirit world, or period between death and the resurrection. And stage 5, our life after the resurrection and final judgment. It is impractical to list all assumptions. I present these few as merely representative of the whole. A complete list would include thousands of assumptions. In fact, hopefully you will provide your own, for these are merely an attempt to represent the Christian worldview. Individual Christian worldviews commonly differ. The idea is that we all have a worldview upon which we rule our lives. I suspect that if we analyzed our life's choices, a pattern would soon emerge that revealed our true worldview. We do not live in a vacuum. I have oversimplified by contrasting only two worldviews, the paradigm of science and the paradigm of Christianity, which sometimes are in conflict. We shall begin this podcast with Assumption 61. Isaiah 24, 5 The earth also is defiled under the inhabitants thereof, because they have transgressed the laws, changed the ordinance, broken the everlasting covenant. It is easy for us in our swirling world to forget that we are children of God, having a divine nature. We become so caught up in what Shakespeare's character Festus calls the whirligig of time that we sometimes forget that God has a plan for us to return to Him. And in that plan, to preserve agency, He has established laws, ordinances, and covenants, which we may choose to follow or not to follow. We may choose the conditions, but the consequences will choose us. That is how absolute law works. That leads to Assumption 61. We must keep the laws, ordinances, and covenants as outlined in the Holy Scriptures in order to return back to God. Daniel 9.11 Yea, all Israel have transgressed thy law, even by departing, that they might not obey thy voice. Therefore, the curse is poured upon us, and the oath that is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, because we have sinned against him. Romans 4.14 Because the law worketh wrath, for where no law is, there is no transgression. 1 John 3.4 Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. The above illustrate that God is not arbitrary. God abides by absolute law. We have temporal laws, often called the laws of nature, and spiritual laws, often called the commandments of God. 
That leads to assumption 62. All sin is transgression of the laws of God. Without law, there would be no sin. Romans 8.17 And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Galatians 3.29 Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Titus 3.7 That being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Hebrews 1.2 Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. James 2.5 Hearken, my beloved brethren, Hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom which he hath promised to them that love him? God uses the laws of inheritance to help us understand our relationship with Christ. On earth, we think of earthly inheritances such as money, homes, land, business, etc. In heaven, we think of crowns and kingdoms and mansions and glory. 63. We shall be heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, and shall be glorified together with Jesus Christ. Christ explained what glorified together means. In Matthew 13, 42, he said, Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun. 1 Peter 3, 7 Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers be not hindered. Adam and Eve are the parents of the human race. God placed Adam and Eve on earth as the model of how to bring his children into the world. In the above we learn that the family is intended to be eternal, not just till death do us part. In the next world, however, if we keep the laws, ordinances, and covenants on earth, we have assumption 64. The family is an eternal unit and husband and wife were meant by God to be heirs together of the grace of life. The grace of life refers to salvation and exaltation in the kingdom of God. 1 John 3, 2 Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Revelation 7 And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, Neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, and shall lead them unto living fountains of water, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Christ atoned for our sins, that we may become perfect, as your Father which is in heaven is perfect, as it says in Matthew 5.48. In other words, the power of Christ's atonement can purify, sanctify, and perfect us, as well as bring about our resurrection. 
That leads to another very important assumption. 65. In the resurrection, those who keep the doctrine of Christ will be like Christ. In Assumption 63, we learn that we shall be glorified together with Jesus Christ, which means that like him we shall shine forth like the sun. Glory is light, and light means knowledge and power. Not only will Christ give us his glory, but he will also give us his knowledge and power. 1 Corinthians 15 Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say ye some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised? And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, ye are yet in your sins, then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead, and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Romans 6, 9 Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. 66. Christ was the first to rise from the dead. Job nineteen twenty six. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. Luke twenty four thirty nine, Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have. Matthew twenty seven fifty two, And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection, and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Acts 24.15 And have hope toward God, which they themselves also allow, that there shall be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and unjust. 67. We will all, the just and the unjust, be resurrected from the grave with a physical body of flesh and bones, never to die again. Some assert that we will not have a body of flesh and bones because of the following scripture. 1 Corinthians 15. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, 
Where is thy victory? However, Job said, And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. Following Christ's resurrection, he appeared to his disciples and ate with them. Christ said, Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have. Notice that Christ did not say, A spirit hath not flesh and blood as ye see me have. Christ emphasized that he had flesh and bones. Job emphasized that in the resurrection he would see God in the flesh. Apparently, resurrected bodies have flesh and bones, but resurrected bodies do not have blood, which, as Paul said, is corruptible. Apparently, some eternal substance will course through our veins rather than blood after the resurrection. The important thing is that we will receive our bodies in the resurrection. Christ, in his atonement, overcame two deaths. One, he overcame spiritual death, meaning he made it possible for us to return to our Father in heaven. Two, he overcame physical death, making it possible for the spirit and the body to come back together in perfect form. That is a testament to the fact that one reason we came to earth was to gain a physical body. Earth is essential to our eternal progression. Earth is where we not only gain a physical body, but we also develop faith, gain experience, exercise free will and agency, and choose for ourselves whom we will follow, Jesus Christ or Satan. All blessings of God are predicated upon our obedience to the laws of God. That is why it is a sin to transgress the laws, change the ordinance, and break the everlasting covenant. As we conclude with Assumption 67, I would like to ask Linda to share one of my favorite scriptures on the resurrection. When I was a child growing up in the South, it was a pauper spiritual referred to as dry bones or dim dry bones, written by James Weldon Johnson. It is taken from Ezekiel 37. There apparently was a terrible battle such that the bodies of the dead were not even buried, and their dry bones glistened under the sun. From that image, we have perhaps the most dramatic scene of the resurrection in Holy Writ. Ezekiel 37 The hand of the Lord was upon me, and carried me out in the Spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones, and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, Can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, Prophesy unto these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied there was a noise, and behold a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And then I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them above but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, 
and breathe upon the slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, Our bones are dried, and our hope is lost. We are cut off from our parts. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves, and cause you to come up out of your graves, and bring you into the land of Israel. And ye shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves, and shall put my spirit in you, and ye shall live, and I shall place you in your own land. Then shall ye know that I, the Lord, have spoken it, and performed it, saith the Lord. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.